I thank you for Bain to Heal. I thank you for Pastor Nick, his faithfulness to serve, his faithfulness to hear your voice. Father, and all of your children coming together to fulfill your plan in the earth. I thank you, Father, that you are leading us and guiding us by your Holy Spirit, Father. You speak even in the rain. You're speaking in the wind. You're speaking to us at this very moment, Father. It's not by accident that the rain came down at the time of singing about the rain. As you mikvah us, Father, with your spirit, as you are mikvahing the earth with water, Father, you're raining down your spirit upon your children. You're ministering things to us, Father, that we have never thought we would ever be walking in, things that we never thought of years ago. I never thought I would be where I'm at today. And I'm so glad, Father, that your plans were bigger than my plans and your thoughts were higher than my thoughts. And that I listen to your voice and obey because I see a beautiful, beautiful family today from that obedience. So we need to be grateful to you, Father, for all that you're doing. Focus on all the wonderful things that you are doing in our life. To watch what we speak with our mouth, Father, and use the words that you have given us. I see the parents today look at their children and they, the children are mumbling and screaming and kind of making all these antics and, and the mom and the dad says, use your words. And I believe that's what you're speaking to us at this very moment, Father, to use your words, to speak your words in our life and over our families and over our relatives and over our friends and over all the earth, Father, to speak your words in these days. You said that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. That means daughters and sons and men and women and children. And they will prophesy in these days. That's what you're doing here at Beit Tehila. You are teaching us to prophesy your words in the earth today. Your words, Father. We thank you and we praise you that we are learning and growing. And this is a work of the Spirit. This is not a work of the flesh. This is a work of the Spirit and the earth today. The Spirit is moving. The rain is falling. The winds are blowing. And Father, we want to go with you. We want to go with you, Father. Forget about the world. Forget about all the things they say. All the words that are out there are nothing. The only thing that will stand in the end is your words, Abba. Your words. And so we pray today, Father, to give us your words. May we learn to control our tongue and our mouth and things that come out of it, Father. May we learn to speak only those things that you put in our heart, Father. It says to be slow to speak not to be in a hurry. Even Yeshua was never in a hurry. He was such an example to us of not to be in a hurry, but to be ready, he said. Be ready in the day when it comes. Be ready. So you are teaching us and showing us to prepare ourselves at this very moment. The rain is speaking. The winds are speaking. You speak through just the elements in the earth you speak and we need to stop and listen to what you're saying.
I believe he's saying times of refreshing are coming with the rains. There's some of you in here, you need to be refreshed by the Spirit of God. The Lord said, be refreshed, my children, be refreshed. Some of you are dry, you're dry plants, you're dry olive plants that need to be watered. It says, thirst and hunger for righteousness and you shall be filled. Thank you, Father, for watering us. Thank you, Father. We do not have to be dry plants. You have given us everything we need. Your water is word. <laughs> Your word is water to our flesh, to our spirit man. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our mind, and even in our flesh, Father, because the flesh has to line up with the spirit. And we command the flesh, we command this body that we live in to line up with the word of God, to be healed and whole in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. The healer, the doctor, he's a great physician. Heal your people, Father. You said that after you tore them down, you would raise them up, you would heal them, you would bind their wounds, and that's what Yeshua came to do. No more do we have to stand for sickness. No more do we have to stand for uh, an unbalanced mind. No more do we have to stand for those things. And in all humility, we stand and we say, thank you, Father, for your word and the promises that you have for us. They are yes, and we say amen. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise and glory to our Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. Bless you all, Beit Tehillah. I just want you to know that it was a surprise visit. So surprise. Well, let's put it this way. I tried to keep it a surprise, um, but little by little, it, it got away. It was actually a surprise for my uh, grandchildren. Um, I wasn't planning to come until the Israel trip, which is in October. I was here in March, and I had no pre-planned visits because there was no babies being born. There was no, you know, big event. So I said, well, I'll be here for the big event that's going to Israel. Amen. And um, my wonderful, awesome, awesome husband, who is very, working very hard in Nebraska, was, uh, left me all alone in Iowa. And he says, honey, why don't you go to Florida? I went, what a great idea. So <laughs> with his leading and with his approval, I am here in, in uh, Florida. So thank you and bless you guys. And uh, wonderful to be here. And Pastor Nick, I called him and I said, keep this a surprise. Well, so much for that one. <laughs> but I believe it's a surprise because God is full of surprises and we do not know what he's going to do next. Amen. Well, before I get started, I want to give you this, what's been on my heart, because I always pray, Lord, what do you want uh, me to share? Pastor Nick said, share with Beit Tehillah, and I, I'm always willing, but let me tell you, the last time I was here to speak, I physically got an attack in, of infirmity. Well, last night, I had another attack of affirmity. And I am standing here. I'm not feeling the greatest, but you know what? I said, and who was the gentleman that shared earlier? He shared about the same thing. He wasn't feeling very well, brother. And I said, well, I, the kingdom of God comes before how I feel. Did you get that one? The kingdom of God comes before how you feel. It's not about feelings. It's not about emotion. If you let your feelings, emotions, if you let that flesh part of you dictate to you, you'll get nowhere. And so I knew I must have a really important word for the Beit Tehillah family, or I wouldn't have been attacked in the 
in the flesh. It makes you weak. It makes you tired. And before you know it, you're going, oh, I can't get up. I can't talk. And before you know it, you're trying to talk yourself out of it. That is the enemy. That was not the Lord. So I said, you know what? None of that. I'm going. I don't care. I'm going to be I'm healed and whole by the blood of Yeshua. I am going to service Shabbat, and I will share the message that God has given me for you today. Amen. And I prayed, and I, did, I even asked Pastor Nick, is there anything you want me to share on? And he never said a word. He knows. No, let the Lord, let the Lord. And I just want to start with this before we go into it, but there's a calling that we all have in our life, and that calling is to be the anointing of the Levites. We're all to be priests and kings before our God, right? That's, that's the move. See, there's, there's the Old Testament, and there was... The Old Testament prophesied of the future. It was going to be better. The renewed covenant or the new covenant is a better covenant because it's the covenant of the Spirit of God. The Spirit would be in you and on your heart versus out there trying to bring it into you. It was God wanted that all along. And he knew that we needed the Spirit in us. Only a few were chosen to have the Spirit upon them. And you know when you read the Torah portions. But we're chosen now, a chosen generation, to bless and to not curse. And how we see this is, of course, we just got through the book of Numbers. And it's the blessing that the Lord spoke to Moses and speak to Aaron and to his sons, the priestly, the the Levite, a calling. We're all uh, not necessarily called to be the literal Levite, but in the spirit, we are got that anointing on us. And what were they called to do? Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and then will bless them. The calling that we all have is to bless. And I I really felt that this was a great book to go in that direction. And of course, the Torah portion today starts in Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book of the Torah, which is a what? A retelling of the Torah and Moses giving Israel their instructions for entering the promised land. Of course, the key words I'm sure you will learn from Pastor Nick if you come to the Torah studies is blessing, cursing, remembrance, obey, and covenant. These are the the key words that are going to be brought out through this whole Torah portion. So what does Deuteronomy mean but words? Words. In the Hebrew, Devarim, Dabar, Here's just a few of things that come from this word. It's um, chronicles, commandment, answers, communication. That, I think, is a big issue that we have in the body of Christ. We have the big issue with among couples, married couples, even with children and parents. Communication. We have to learn how to communicate. You know, one of my... Biggest things that I started teaching at Beit Hill of Iowa was community. And I want you to know right now, there's nothing like community. 
And all you need is for it to be taken away from you, and hopefully you will learn quickly what community is all about. We are not going to go to the next level, as Pastor Nick has been sharing on, and if you're not part of community, you're not. Because Israel is a servant. We have to serve one another. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in my Hebrew roots, probably so strongly in, in my inner being, is community. From reading the Torah over and over. It was a Torah event. I mean, it was a community event. This whole journey through the wilderness took a community. Was it just a little bit of Israel over here and a little Israel on the other side of the mountain and then a little Israel down the road? No, they came together. Together. You will, when they were scattered, what happened to them? They were in trouble. And you know who wants to scatter you, continue scattering you? It's not the father. It's the evil one. He comes to steal, to steal, to kill, to divide and conquer. He wants to divide us so he can conquer us. I believe that by attack, I have not been sick since my last time here at Beta Hilla. I've been doing really good in Iowa. I've been feeling really pretty good. Don't get too cocky now, right? <laughs> and so I was feeling really good. I was playing with my grandchildren, had all this energy, and all of a sudden it's time to speak or, or be in service. Bam, it hit me. Why? Because Satan hates our guts. He hates us. So you have an enemy. And it's not the father. It's not Yeshua. The enemy is Satan. Hey, Satan. Satan, the evil one. And he's still around and he's not going away. It always kind of uh, amazes me how many believers don't even believe in Satan. I don't put my trust in him, but I know he's real. So I just want you to know that this word, words mean so many things, but communication. Iniquity, judgment, it's language, matter, message, oracles, power, promise, provision, purpose, question, report, request, speech, spoken, talk. It's words that come from our mouth. Words are important. You know, there's an old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. Not. Words will harm you. And the words that are going to mainly harm you is the words over yourself. And how, what you speak against others. They will fall back on your head. It's going to be another message from Pastor Tikva that steps on toes. Is that okay? <laughs> Sorry. You know why? I need my toes stepped on. I was thinking of this, I'm going to step on toes, I'm going to step on toes. I said, but how did I learn how to dance? I had to get my toes stepped on. It teaches us. So to getting your toes stepped on is good. So love me afterwards, amen? So words create. This is going to help you. We had the, the, the um, Ryan asked the children, how many want to be blessed? You know, everybody, yeah, yeah, I want to be blessed. This is going to bless your life. It's going to minister to you. It's going to make you think before you speak. Hey, I, I'm the worst offender. When I catch myself, boy, I go straight to the Lord. I was sharing with uh, the congregation in Iowa. I said, 
Because, you know, everybody's got their little weaknesses and things in life. You know, there's no perfect person here. There's those who've maybe walked the walk longer and have come through things and have overcome things, right? The song was talking about overcome. Overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, what comes out of our mouth. So we have to quit looking at ourselves, though, as, oh, I'm still, you know, a sinner, blah, 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 blah. We have to look at ourselves as we are overcomers. But it takes work to overcome. You can't be lazy. You got to be willing to be convicted. I find that people don't want to be convicted today. Uh, don't, Don't convict me. Oh, that's condemnation. No, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to convict. Without conviction, you will have no change in your life, and you will be the same old, same old. I don't know about you. If I want to walk in the blessings, I can't go in the same old, same old. I got to go forward. So by the power of God and by his word, we will get help. So there are positive words and there are negative words. God made covenant with his children, and those covenants are words of promise. And those promises are to do us good. I love the promises. I got, I got really um, on this uh, website, 365 promises. Go there. If you, need, if you need encouraging word and you just can't seem to open up the word of God, and you're more onto the computer, pop in that, let the word of God open, and it's got this beautiful scenery of all the beauty of God's creation, and there's his promise right there. And it just jumps out at you. Gives you strength for that moment. And you take it with you the rest of the day. So God's covenants, I just got done teaching on covenant. I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to teach on covenant because I sent them the wrong, wrong PowerPoint and they had it all worked out. And I, I said, send me what, you, what you, you know, had fixed for me on my PowerPoint. And they was covenants. I went, that's not the right one. <laughs> I said, God, am I supposed to teach on covenants? But in my message, I have a little bit about covenants. Last week, we've got to know our covenants. God made covenants with his people. And what amazes me is how few Christians even know what they are. We're, we're walking around so ignorant of God's word, but the more of your, the word of God and understanding the covenants, I remember praying one time saying, Lord, as a Christian, what's covenants? What, what's the covenants all about? All I hear about is God made a covenant and it's gonna stand forever and it's eternal. What's covenants? Well, it took me getting into the word of God and researching and seeking and of course, hearing from the Torah studies every week. I think, what year is this for Beit Tehillah? How many years? 18 years I've been doing, doing the Torah. In, in uh, Iowa, uh, the little community there, we started a Torah study. You know how many people show up? You know how hard it is to get people to come to study the word of God? Shame on us. But it's because of being in that tour for 18 years, sitting in one of these chairs or one of those chairs over there or one of those chairs at the house, whatever it was, I was sitting there, I was there for 18 years. Do you think I'm, I've, I've accomplished yet? No, I'm still learning. But every time I read that portion, it's speaking to me for that moment. And it quickens something in my spirit every time. I think, oh, I've done this so many times. What am I going to get this time? speaks to you. The word of God speaks to you. Let his word speak to you. 
You know, and, and God speaks corporately, but he also speaks individually. His words were created to change us. Let's get back to the covenant. The covenant is a promise between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action by which either of the parties pledge himself or herself to the other. A covenant is uniquely Eastern or Hebrew in thought and practice. See, the problem is we don't understand covenant. We're into contract. We got the Western mindset versus the Hebrew mindset. The Hebrew, the Eastern mindset is about covenant that God made. And it means it won't be broken by God. You might break it, but God will not break it. Contract, that's two people agreeing, oh, well, it's broken, so we can, you know, we can part, we can change, we can do whatever we want. Contract's different. You've got to understand what covenant is. But if you notice, it says a covenant is a promise between God and us. Well, we all know Epangelia. <laughs> See, Pastor Dick's mentored me too. Epangelia is a promise. And what is that? Divine assurance of good. So in the covenant of God, in his words, there's a divine assurance of good. Woo. I don't know about you, but that gets me all excited. That makes me feel really good. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Says in scriptures, there's approximately 365 promises. That is a lot of words. Let's go to Yah's words. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their whole body. You need healing today? Sure, we need to eat right. Sure, we need to get our rest. Sure, we need to do that. But unless his words get into you and your word, those words come out of you, you're not going to be walking in the healing that you should be walking in. I really don't think we should have to go to ministers to lay hands on us every time we have an ache and pain. We speak life over ourselves. We speak healing over ourselves. One thing I've learned from um, the ministry I was involved with uh, in Iowa is this saying, I am healed and whole by the blood of Yeshua. That's all you got to say. You don't have to moan and moan and complain and whine about your aches and pains. You said, I am healed and whole by the blood of Yeshua. Did God say to go moan and moan and cry about your pains or your sickness? Did he ever say that? See, we've got to learn God's words. Remember, God's words create. So, God's word brings healing. It brings healing in life. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word what? Gives us direction in which way to walk. You need, you need help. You need direction. His word will give you that. Proverbs 6.23, For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching or the Torah is light. And reproof for discipline are the ways of life. Why do we read the Torah? To discipline ourselves, to understand that we're disobeying. It shows us our, uh, our unrighteousness. It shows us, yes, we need a Savior. It leads us to Christ. But 
basically, it's also showing us how to correct the behavior. Torah is just showing us how to correct ourselves. Psalms 119.8, the precepts of the, of the Lord are right. Precepts are his words, right? Rejoicing the heart. You need some joy? You need some joy today? His words bring us joy. Happy is the man who meditates on his law day and night. You need some happiness? Meditate on his word. 1 Kings 8.56 says, this is from the Tree of Life version. Blessed be Adonai, who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. He promised you rest. But there are some contingencies. That means called obedience. Obedience to the word of God. And here's the rest of it. Not a single word has failed of all his good promises, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Only thing you can really count on. This is the only thing you can really count on. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh. Every word. That's one thing I got a hold of in my early days walking with the Lord was that scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone. Water and bread and sustenance, but every word. We, that's why it says, eat his word. Yeshua said, eat, drink my blood and, and uh, uh, eat the bread. The bread was in the, in the wine represented his body. His body represented the word because he was the living word, made flesh, came down. When we eat of his word, we're eating of Yeshua. Not just on Passover, you put a little bread in your mouth and it's over with. That's just a remembrance. That's giving you a visual. Eat his word. Get that word. You know, when you eat, when you eat something, it's supposed to nutrition, give you nutrition so you have strength. When you eat his word, it will give you nutrition so you'll have strength in the spirit and the things of God. The word. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For in him all the promises of God, Yahweh, are yes. Therefore also through him is the amen by us to the glory of God. Amen? amen. God's words are life, they are eternal, they are spirit, and they are truth. You know, Yeshua said, worship me in spirit and in truth. You cannot do that without the word of God. God's words create. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says, this was the six days of creation. Of course, you can read the, it was constantly God said. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was chaos and waste. Darkness was on the surface of the deep. And the Ruach Elohim was hovering over the surface of the water. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light was created by his words. With words comes actions. But you've got to speak it first. Then you walk in it. See, I, th I find a lot of people speak it, but they don't walk in it. They don't do it. I remember when we started Beit Tehila, and uh, we were reading the Torah. Well, actually, no, we got the Torah later. We were reading, well, we were reading the whole Bible. We just didn't know it was the Torah portions at the time. And, um, and I would, I would, it was homeschooling that really opened this door. And I'm reading, I said, we're going to, girls, we're going to start in the very beginning of the Bible. And we're going to read all the way through. 
Well, little did I know that the Holy Spirit had some plans. And every time I'd read something, I'd go, well, how come we're not doing this? This is an everlasting covenant throughout all your generations. See, I didn't see myself as I'm different than the Old Testament people. I saw myself as I'm part of these people. God is speaking. This is God speaking. This is an everlasting covenant. And you shall do these things. And I'm looking at the girls, and then my husband would come home, and I go, and I'd come out at the door with the Bible. I go, did you read this? We're supposed to be doing this. And he's going, can I come in and sit down and relax first? <laughs> and Randy would get an earful every time. Homeschooling really just shh, opened the word of God for me. And I fought homeschooling. Believe me, I fought it. <laughs> but God wanted me to see his word like I've never seen it before. Because I was always taught, you know, that's done away, that's done away. So I kind of ignored it, except for when we jump over there every once in a while. But, and of course I had, God was putting people in my life. Nikki Waddle's in the back corner there. You're hiding out, but you were one of the first persons that provoked me to jealousy in the word of God. Unfortunately, she was ill and God had her in the word. God will use your illness, but turn it around for good, Okay if you're in that place, but it's not forever to stay that way. But she's got in God's word and things started coming and she would share them with me. See, because you were speaking into me and I'm gonna get into that as we go along. So, by his word, he created the world. How powerful. Isaiah 42, four through nine says, four through six. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he establishes justice on the earth. The islands will wait for his Torah. Thus says God, Adonai, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, the Ruach to, who, to those who walk in it, because we are made in the likeness and image of Yahweh. That's why you can't speak against yourself. If you put yourself down, you're putting God down. You're putting God's creation down. You're telling God you did a lousy job. God, God doesn't make mistakes, and God does not make lousy things. God make, made you and called you precious jewels in his eyes. You have to see yourself as God. See, the world inundates us with so much garbage. Stay away from it. It's filth. It's lies. You know, I mean, how... What does it portray? What a, a, last time I was here, I spoke on modesty. In God's eyes, modesty is beautiful. In the world's eyes, the outward, you know, showing yourself is beautiful. That's why we can't go by the world. We've got to go by his word. So just like God, and in the image that was God made us in, we too are spirit-speaking beings. We were created in his image and his likeness. We, too, create with our mouth. We speak things into being, believe it or not. We speak things into being. But the unfortunate thing is a lot of times it's not good things. What we speak to our children. Are you encouraging them? Are you calling things like as they're not as though they were? Are you speaking life over them? Because you will eat the fruit thereof. It's not going to go away, whatever you speak. It's going to accomplish what it was sent out to do. Remember that. 
Now, like myself, I know you all are sitting there going, oh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? This is some tough stuff. But if you're going to the next level, you need this. You need to watch your words. You need to watch what you speak about each other in the community, especially. See, we've been called to create to speak the very oracles of our creator. We weren't called to say anything else. You know what it says on Shabbat? Not to go your own way, not to speak idle words. Did you read that about one of the, you know, I'm talking about what the, what the Torah says about a real Sabbath day. You can add all the others. Jews, the Jewish community has added a lot more to try to protect, but just, just stick to what the word says and you'll be doing good. Don't worry about pulling your toilet paper apart ahead of time. <laughs> and that's not to make fun of them by any means, but I believe the weightier matters of the Torah is what I'm speaking to you today. The weightier matters of the Torah. So you have to get the word in you so the word can come out of you. You will not get the word in you if you only show up on Shabbat and never open the Bible anymore until Shabbat. And then you usually don't uh, open it because a lot of times you're getting, getting it through, you know, the teacher or the speakers. But um, get the word in you at every opportunity. Now is the time. Don't wait to a year from now. Don't wait to 10 years from now. Now is the time. If we're going to connect with Judah, you better know what you're doing. And Judah will recognize the love of God. He's not going to recognize if you pull the paper apart, if you turn your lights on or off or that. He's going to recognize love for one another. There is a community here. When they walk in the store, they're going to see the love you have one for another. One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, besides conviction of sin in the Word of God, is to prophesy. Did you know that? Well, Joel 3 I'm going to read from the Tree of Life version. It says, So it will be afterward, I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Also on the male and female servants will I pour out my spirit in those days. Hello? I'm a female servant, and I am prophesying to you today. For those that are against women speaking, that's not the word of God. You're not, women, that scripture, if you want to take that one scripture in the New Testament in context, you are not to be teaching your husband. Doesn't mean a woman can't speak and her husband can't learn from her lifestyle, but you're not to pound it over your husband's heads. You can be, it seems like women have a lot more knowledge than men because a lot of times they're in the word more, men are working and they're, so, and that was what happened to me. So I would run to my husband, look, we need to do this. And he hadn't even gone in the word yet. So if the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out in these days, it wasn't then, but today it's being poured out upon all flesh. To do what? To prophesy, to teach the word of God, to speak the oracles of God. So that's what I'm doing today. Don't let all this, this stuff that we're taught through the years, you know, on both sides, the Hebrew roots and the Christian, we are, we've got so much stuff that holds us back from the, the, the full purpose and potential God has for us. If a woman has the word of God, let her teach the word of God. That's her calling. 
Did I ask for this calling? No, I did not. <laughs> I'm very content sitting there and let other people teach. And I was in Iowa very, being very quiet, and the Lord said, I did not put all of this in you to keep your mouth shut. I said, okay, Lord. And believe me, I have had to struggle with it because there's a lot of, you know, don't give me all this, uh, this uh, what's going on today of, uh, uh, what is it, um, when people come against you and uh, what's going on today, a lot of people are ranting about uh, uh, persecution, what's, accusation. well, accusation, but it's like um, prejudice, prejudicenesses, prejudice. And, you know, I, and I, I understand people have been, uh, there's a lot of prejudice going on. Uh, and, but you know what? We've all had that. As a woman, you have it. As a people of color, you have it. As a man, you're getting it. You know what they're doing to men today? They're taking away their manlyhood. They're trying to destroy the men that God, and the way that God created them. They're, they're, they're creating man-haters and destroyers, see, by our words. By our words, we have to build up the men of God. They're to lead. They're to lead the community. They're to rise up and be, uh, be the strong one. That's how God, but we're trying to tear down the strength in them and make them like women. This is a balance. That's why God put a man together and a woman together. Why? Because the man has something the woman don't have and the woman has something the man don't have. And he said, go be one. So prophesy means to prophesy or to speak or to sing by inspiration or make a self a prophet. Now that means we're to prophesy. That's what, there's no big prophet that's going to come in here and just start, you know, demanding this and that. I believe the prophets are, are those that stick to the word of God. If you're a prophet and called in that anointing of a prophet and you're going against the word of God, you are a false prophet. So if you don't know the word, you're not going to know a true prophet from a false prophet. So what are we created to do? We are created to speak life. But you've got to know what that life is in order to speak it. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the control of the tongue. Those who indulge in it will eat its fruit. So if you speak good words, you will indulge in eating the fruit. You will eat the fruit thereof, whether it's life or death. I believe in our ignorance, God gives us mercy, but we have to repent when we speak death. I think I started to tell you in the beginning, <coughs> excuse me, um, I was sharing with some people in Iowa about, um, as, a, as a new, you know, as, well, not really a new believer, but I had this curse word that would come out of me sometimes. And I really did not want that to come out when I was among my brethren or even anywhere. I just didn't want that to come out. And I was really struggling with this curse word because it was a habit, was taught when you're, before you get born again, before you get, you know, the spirit of God comes in you. We have habits. And that's the way a lot of people struggle with. They have habits and they feel like, oh, I can't do this, I fail. But you know what I did every time? Every time I cursed, I went back to God. See, that's what made David, I believe, a man after God's heart. Every time he failed, he ran to God, and he asked for help. And I said, God, I really do not want to say this word. Please forgive me, Father. Please forgive me. I can't tell you how many times I prayed that prayer. And then one day I went, I don't say that word anymore. But I was persistent. I was persistent to get rid of that junk. 
It's a choice. Only we can do it. I can't do it to Tom. Tom can't make me do it. Pastor Nick can't make you do it. You have to choose. Choose life or choose death. And it's what comes out of your mouth. So if these words come out of your mouth that you really did not want to say, and all of a sudden you went, and I've done it, what came out of my mouth? I go, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, I did not want that to come out of my mouth. Please return those words back, Father, and to the pit of hell where they came from. Not, not upon me, but back to the pit of hell, Lord. Forgive me. And I think out of all the things I struggle with in life, as long as I've been walking with the Lord, I've overcome a lot of things, but I still battle this. And I believe you're all battling this. Admit it. Because it's so easy. And when you're a part of a community and when you're close, it's so easy to talk about each other. Even if it starts off good. So speak life. It's all in your control. Your words will bring either death or life. You choose. You have the choice. Speak by the spirit and bring life. Or speak by the flesh and bring death. Remember, the flesh will speak death. The flesh doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. This is why the Holy Spirit's so important today. Continue, continue to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your sin. Don't be afraid to do that. Because really, sin is bondage. You want to stay in that bondage? Or do you want to be free? Do you want to be a blessing like Abraham's seed was to be a blessing? The scripture basically says you will get what you speak. You get what you ask for. Mark eleven twenty two. I don't know about you, but you've heard that old saying, oh, you get what you ask for. Oh, well, you got what you asked for. But Yeshua said, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in your heart, but believes what he said is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. And I added, praying according to his will. A lot of people like to use that to just, uh, you know, pray any old thing. But we need to pray his will. We need to pray his word. A good example is in the Torah portions. You ready for some of these? Those that did not speak Yah's will, well, first of all, was Moses, our hero. Okay? Well, we all know the story of striking the rock, right? Twice. Uh, in Exodus 17, 6, it talks about he was called to go strike the rock. But the second time, God told him to speak to the rock. Why do you think that? Why? Not the first time, do it the same way. I believe God was growing Moses. I believe God was growing Moses' faith. And he wanted Moses to be an example to the people of speaking to things. Calling things that are not as though they were. So, because of the anger of the problems of the people and the murmuring complaining, we know that Moses struck, struck the rock twice. And he never did speak to the rock like he was commanded to do. See, God doesn't tell us to go strike things. He doesn't tell us to go take care of our enemy. 
He says vengeance is his. You know, when you really leave the, the enemy and those around you who are an enemy to you, to God, it's so much easier. I don't know about you. I don't like to go striking my brethren. I, I wouldn't want to go up to Susie and smack her. That would hurt me. And I would never do that. Susie's just too sweet. But there are times when people in our life, they just drive, bring you to this point of you just want to strike them. But see, God wanted to teach, I believe, Moses to speak to use, like parents, teach your children, use your words. <laughs> Quit flamming and flamming and blah, blah, and whining and my. Use your words. God's given us words to use. So what happened to Moses because of that? He did not go into the promised land. And that's what happens to us. When we don't use the words God's given us, we, don't, we miss out on a blessing. We miss out on things. God has so much for us, and we miss out sometimes. So what do we have in the scripture in Numbers twenty-two thirty-eight? is the blessing or curse? And it says, well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied, but I can't say whatever I please. I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. Balaam had enough sense to know that. Aren't we not better than Balaam? We have the very spirit of God in us. Yahweh, his spirit, his words are written on our heart and our mind. Do you believe that in Hebrews 8, 8? Do you believe that he said, I will write my laws, my Torah, my, my words on your heart and your mind? So Balaam, he knew that he was not, he couldn't curse Israel, Remember? Balak was trying to get him to curse Israel with words. Another thing about that story is others cannot curse you. I know a lot of people, I've had a lot of people, oh, they're speaking curses over me, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to hurt you if you're Israel. God says, I will bless Israel. You cannot curse Israel. Let them talk all they want. Now, what can happen is because they're talking about you, you start talking about them, and the curse can come upon you. It's true. We're to bless and not curse, the word says. That's what Yeshua gave us. Those were the harder Torah. You can put on tzitzis. Those are easy. You can dance around. You can blow shofars. And I love every minute of it. Those are easy. But to walk like this, it takes strength. And it takes help. So we are to bless don't blame God for the curses you're walking in. Don't blame the devil either. <laughs> it's not the devil's fault. Uh, old cartoon, oh, the devil made me do it. You know, the devil and the angel. Yes, is it true that you got the devil in one ear and the angel in the other? Yes, you do. But you choose. You choose what you say. You choose what you're going to do. See, that's what Eve did. She blamed Satan for giving her the fruit. And then, of course... Adam blamed Eve for giving him the fruit when they could have made their own choice. That's why we don't follow the people out there. We don't follow people who are going against the word of God. Do you, you can love people. You can, you know, like I had an example recently where I was at a wedding, and um, because of my walk in Torah, I choose not to eat clean and unclean foods. Well, everybody there, except for my husband, basically, they didn't know, they don't know that. 
And but the, 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 the bride said, oh, Tikva, I have this and this and this that, you, you know, it's not. That. And I, I thought, wow, she took note. And she respected my ways and she had something I could eat. I said, don't worry about it. I said, I'll be fine. I just won't eat those things. That's all. Those are d'oeuvres, you know, and had all that unclean, squiggly things and things that, you know. <laughs> I don't think I'd eat even if I didn't have Torah, you know. So I said, it's okay. It's okay. I said, I'm fine. I just kept quiet, kept humble. Keep humble. Keep humble with the things God has given you. Don't walk in pride. Because that's, those are not the weightier matters of the Torah. What, what ministered more to her was that I came and I showed up and I showed love to her. Deuteronomy 30 says, Now when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse that I have set before you, and you take them to heart, in all the nations where Adonai, your God, has banished you. So when the blessing and the curse, they're going to happen. They're going to happen, people. You're going to walk in blessings, and you're going to walk in curses. The curse isn't that bad if you learn from it. The curse is to get our attention. You know, it's so funny, but in the Christian world, you talk about the curse, and they want to just go fall to pieces. It's like, oh, no more curse. Jesus took the curse away. Yeah, the curse of sin and death but not sowing and reaping. So when we sow things that are not right, we speak things that are not right, we're going to reap those consequences. So we want to speak, and we want to learn from the curses. We want to learn from the mistakes that we have made. So remember, it's okay. And I know that when I'm suffering and something is going on, sometimes I ask, Lord, is there something I need to learn in this? Am, am I experiencing this because I have done something that is not right? No, there's nothing, nothing wrong with looking within yourself and asking God. I had a, someone recently said to me who was uh, going through some sickness, and they said, well, not everything that sickness comes on you means you've sinned. I said, no. But does it mean you haven't sinned? Have you asked God? Have you asked God if, you, if you're not being healed? and you're, Have you gone to God and said, God, if I sinned, is there something I need to repent of? See, that's, I think we miss that. See, the Jews have that. They know how to go to the, they know penance. They know how, you know, Yom Kippur, it's a time of repenting corporately. They know these things. This is what we can learn from Judah. But we have an enemy. And I shared with you early, Satan, he's the accuser. Revelations 12.10, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. He's constantly bringing words to God. Some of it's true words and some of it are lies, but he's bringing words. What words are you allowing him to bring to the throne? Are you, are you giving the enemy access to go to the throne of God with the words of death or words of life. See, we see through our scriptures that Yah has called us to bless Israel, to bless God's children, to bless and not curse. The promise of Abraham was that he would be a blessing in all the earth. If you're Abrahamites, you are to be a blessing. Okay? If you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the bless, according to the promise. You're Abraham's seed. That means you, the same blessing that came on Abraham, the ten promises, you are walking in. You're a blessing. But 
I believe we have a silent destroyer in the body today, and that is accusing our brethren, and it's destroying the body of Messiah. We were not called to be the accuser of the brethren. And I know some of you right now are feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I praise God for that, because I'm feeling it. And if you're not feeling it, then you have no Holy Spirit, because we've all fallen short. In this area, we have all fallen short. The enemy of the community is destroying like wildfire. It's like you start a little fire and... All it takes is a word, and it spreads. I've been guilty, people. I've been guilty. Of course, it all starts with the offense. Let's go to offense, Matthew 24, 10 through 13. It says, and then shall many be offended. This is the warning. This is a last day warning. See, God gives us warnings so we can prepare ourselves. He doesn't tell us these things to say, oh, this is going to happen. That's nice. And so you will be aware not to be doing these things. This is what God gave us his word. We have help. We have help. And he says that many shall be offended. This is talking to the, to the believers, to the body, the church. He's not talking to the world. Yeshua was talking to his people at this time. The whole chapter is about that. And he said, many will be offended. Many means many. It doesn't say a few. It said many. And shall betray one another. That's when you talk about one another. There's betrayal going on. And shall hate. So it leads to hate. Or the, 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 the root of it is, comes from hate. One another. And then what happens is many false prophets rise up and deceive you. Because of your heart, you will be led astray by false prophets and deceivers. Words. It says in Revelation that Satan in the last days is going to pour out a river of water representing words. He's going to be speaking it. He's going to be pouring it out. And boy, do I see it today. Not just here. Not, if it's out in the world, you know it's coming into here. And you have to be aware of it, okay? And because iniquity or lawlessness abounds, lawlessness, Torahlessness abounds, lack of understanding the Torah, the word of God, the love of many shall grow cold. And he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, we have this ideology from our faith growing up as a Christian. Oh, I'm just great. I'm saved. I'm full. I'm, God. I'm doing good. I got Jesus. And then we live our merry old way. See, Jesus is the beginning of the journey. He's just the beginning. He's bringing us to the Father. The Father expects more out of us. You start off as a baby, it's okay, and you grow into a young man, and you're supposed to grow into a mature adult. That's our spiritual walk. We're not to stay babies the whole walk. God is growing us. He's teaching. But you've got to be teachable. One of the things I found when I went to Iowa, and all these people were Hebrew roots, and oh boy, they knew it all, and they're coming in. They were not teachable. 
So if you come in here listening to other teachers that have this really exciting message, deep Torah message, Hebrew deep messages, what you're going to get in here is basic life living. This is what I love about Pastor Nick's teachings. They teach you how to apply the word of God for the here and now. God will get us to where we need to go. Don't, don't rush into all that stuff. He'll open those doors. You'll get messages. Meanwhile, how are you living? How are you walking? How are you loving? So many are going to be offended. This is the process. Betray one another through speaking about each other. Then you're going to hate. That hate, boy, once it's rooted, then you're, you're headed for trouble. False prophets and teachers. And deception. And boy, do I see a lot of deception. Because the people are lawless. There's lawlessness in our nation. You see it going on. You know, what does the scripture say about restoring your brother? First of all, the word says, confess your sins one to, to another. This is about someone confessing, not spreading. We should be able to trust one another, to confess our sins. But you know what I have found? When you do confess your sin, nobody's going to spread it. You've already let it out. And for, if someone judges you because of your sin, well, they better be careful. See, we should, this should be safe to be able to admit. I admit. Did I not stand here and tell you I had a curse word I had to get rid of? It doesn't mean you have to spill out all your shortcomings, but there's times when you, and in order to get rid of something, you've got to talk about it and say, pray for me. I need help. I need to overcome. Confess your sins, okay? That's okay. But you are not called to spread it. You know, the scripture says, get the log out of your eye before you start instructing another brother. Make sure you're not dealing with that same sin. It says in Galatians 6, 1, brethren, even if anyone is caught in a sin or a trespass, you who are spiritual are to restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. See, if you do not properly handle that, you're going to end up being tempted. And you're going to be tested with it. That's what I'm saying. What you speak, you can't curse somebody, but it can come back on you. You curse yourself. So it says, bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfill the law of Messiah. When I see a brother that's lacking and struggling in sin, I want to help, I want to help him get deliverance. Because I know there's freedom in deliverance. There's, ooh, it feels so good when you're free. See, that's when you can shout and scream and hallelujah and, and not, you know, hold back. Because you're free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? So, of course, the two commandments given in Mark 12, 29, 31 is to love God and love his children. And what, is, what hangs under these two, two Torah laws? These two um, headings, they're like headings. Love God, all the Torah that talks about loving God is under that. And love your neighbor, all the laws that talk, talk about how to be fair and right to your neighbor are under that law. Doesn't mean all the law is done away with. How silly is that? Where did we get that from? See, that was lies given by the accuser to us. But we took it in because we're not in the word. 
It wasn't until I got in the Word I started seeing the truth. Even going to church every Sunday was great, and, and it helped me get on the path, but it wasn't giving me the Word. Because you can only get whatever that minister has. And don't blame him when you go before God. Don't go do the blame game. Well, God, that minister taught me that. He's going to say, sorry, I, you, had the, you had 10 Bibles in your home. <laughs> 50 Bibles, some of us. <laughs> Pastor Nick. So we're called to love Yah and his children. We're called to love one another. I believe we're failing in this area. We're falling short, children. We've got to step it up. How can we love the Jewish people if we can't even love each other? How are we going to be able to embrace them and, and where they're at if we can't even love each other? Well, who has supposedly we all have Yeshua. We have Yeshua. That's what we all have in common. We don't all have seeds in common. We don't all know the Hebrew language. We don't all have all these things in common. But you have a community here that loves you and is willing to accept you where you're at. Remember when we first started Beit Hill of Iowa? Um, we, had, we had Torah terrorists that, um, we had new people coming in. They didn't even hear about Torah. And so we have a little oneg afterwards and they bring their covered dishes and someone starts, well, that's unclean. <laughs> I said, be gracious to our new people. So we have to learn to be gracious and loving and compassionate. That's what the scripture tells us. So remember, the number one reason for people leaving communities is they're often offended with someone. It's not always the pastor either. It's usually each other. Somebody in the community did this, or somebody said that. I had a, I'll give you an example. We had a new man come to visit a Beit Tehila in Iowa, and, and um, some young man, and he found us on Facebook or something, and he came, and he sat in the very front row, and he was taking it all in, and then after the service, the lady said to me, came up to me, and, and no offense if she's watching, because it's, I think it's just something that she was learning, and we're all learning how to discern, but she felt like, be careful of him. I didn't just, I felt something was not quite right with him, you know. So later on after I got, and I didn't feel that. I was like, look, I'm going to love this guy. He, he, he's coming in here and he, he's wanting more. He's wanting a family. I'm going to love him. But I went on Facebook and went on his Facebook and it was all about the Lord. I didn't see anything un, bad about him. That's why we cannot go by our feelings. You know, I've had some bad feelings about people, but you know what? I kept my mouth shut until I saw real evidence. It says what? By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be established. If there's a brother or sister that's sinning and you're having problems, it's got to be two or three witnesses. And there's a proper protocol for all that. But the, the number one reason is offense. See, it's a silent killer in the body, although it's not silent. It's the words we are speaking. Not just over ourselves, but to others and about others. I would say we are all guilty of this. This message, like I said, will step on your toes, but it's okay. We've got to learn how to dance. Our walk with God is like dancing, and it really is. Sometimes you trip, sometimes you fall down. It's okay. Get back up. 
But we must be really careful about our motives when we speak about other people and to whom we are speaking with. It can be the bait of Satan, which is trying to get you to use his bait. And the word is called Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara means negative or bad talk. See, this is one of those sins we don't look at often. Do we talk about Lashon Hara much in here? No, probably not. It's going on, but we don't seem to talk about it, right? Well, this is interesting. When a non-observant people, mean Jewish people, talk about, um, this is a, in the Jewish community, when a non-observant, meaning they're not really a part of a community or believers, they talk about how difficult it is to observe Torah. They usually mention the difficulty of observing Shabbat or keeping biblical or other similar detailed rituals. They talk about how hard that is. Yet the law that are most difficult to keep, that are most commonly violated even by observant Jews, are the laws regarding improper speech. This is a very important area of Jewish law. Entire books have been written on this subject. Judaism is intensely aware of the power of speech. Pastor Dick was just sharing with me of some of his brothers, Judah, that have been here talking about this very subject. I thought, wow. And the harm that it can be done through speech. The rabbis note that the universe itself was created through speech. We just, I just shared about that. God created through his words. Of the 43 sins spoken of in the Alchet confession recited on Yom Kippur, 11 are sins committed through speech. That's how much they are violated. The Talmud, which I'm not pro-Talmud, but there's some interesting things in it, tells that the tongue is an instrument so dangerous that it must be kept hidden from view. What? Behind two protective walls, the mouth and the teeth, to prevent its misuse. I like that. That was a good analogy. You got the teeth, so if you keep your teeth closed, unless you're a ventriloquist, which amazes me. But they got their they got their their teeth open a little, so the words can come out. So very interesting, very interesting. I found that. Well, the book of James one through three really opens. We're not going to read all that, of course, but read the book of James first, second, and third chapter. It really kind of gives you. And you know, when you read the New Testament, what I'm doing up here today is not much different than the New Testament or Renewed Testament. It's all rebuke letters to the church. Rebukes are good because it gets us back on the right track with God and his word and his Torah. It's not to make you feel bad or dirty or nasty. It's for you to go to God and ask for help. I need God's help. But he says in 19... Verse 19 of James uh, 3, I think it is. I don't have the chapter here, but it says, Know this, my dear brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Because anger, boy, you can really bring out some wrong words, can you? For human anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God, but puts away all moral filth and excess of evil. It's considered excess of evil, what comes out of our mouths and filth, and receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That is such a good word. I said, wow. 
Does that not speak? And 22, go on down to 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks in his face, his natural face in a mirror. For once, he looks at himself and goes away and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intensely into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. That's what I want you to do today, not just be a hearer of what I am speaking into your life right now, but a doer of this word. He shall be blessed in what he does. You want blessings? If anyone thinks he's religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is futile. Wow. You can do all the Torah stuff you want. You can eat all the unclean foods you want. But if you're not doing this, you're fooling yourselves. 3.8. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Word from James, the New Testament. I don't know about you guys, but right now I just want to get on my face and ask for forgiveness for all the times I've opened my mouth. And I know I'm still going to probably do it, but I'm going to go to God. I'm going to say, Father, forgive me. Give me the right words to overcome what I just spoke out. Speak blessings. It says, does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olive or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Can't have both. We either speak life or we're going to be speaking death. The more you train yourself to speak death, the more you're going to speak death. Start training yourself to speak life. You'll find yourself, if you're truly honest with yourself, you'll find yourself catching yourself. So, Lashon Hara is negative talk. Here are two mitzvot in Torah that especially address improper speech. Leviticus 19.16. You can go on the next one, or is that it? Um, you shall not go about as a slanderer uh, among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Leviticus 25, 17. So you shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. Isaiah 47, 3. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy, shall, sh thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance. I will not meet thee as a man. God will uncover nakedness. It is not our responsibility to uncover our brother's nakedness. In fact, we should protect our brother's nakedness. Because we've all been naked. Nakedness means sinfulness. Now, if a brother is uh, acting wrongly in a community, believe me, I've seen it happen time and time again, God will take him out. I'm not saying everyone who goes out has done that. I'm just saying if there's somebody that is acting uncomely or, or, or wrongly and is going to spread that, that sin in a community, he will 
take you out. He says, do not uproot the tares from the, the wheat because, you know, if you do, if you start to uproot and you start taking God's spot and deciding who's going to come and who's going to go, well, you're going to take out some good wheat with it, okay? Let God do the work. Vengeance is God's work, and that's in every area. He will expose people's. Be sure your sins will find you out. That was the end of our Torah portion in Numbers, right? Numbers 23, 23. Your sin again, Adonai, be assured, your sin will find you out. So in fact, we find that Lashon Harad, negative talk, is a sin that has caused numerous tragedies for the Jewish people throughout the century. Indeed, the world, since the very beginning of history. Let me give you some examples. When Miriam spoke negatively about her brother Moses, she was rebuked by God and afflicted with skin disease of Tararitz as a punishment. The spies who spoke negatively about the land of Israel, the result was that the Israelites of that generation all died in the desert. Korah murmured and complained about leadership, and they were swallowed up by the earth. Ooh. I don't see any good things about talking about one another, speaking against one another. The Midrash tells us, that's commentaries on the Torah for the Jewish people read and study from, and it tells us that, the snake slandered God to Eve when convincing her to eat of the tree of knowledge. Joseph spoke negatively to his father Jacob about his brothers, causing them to hate him. This led to their selling him and ultimately caused the Egyptian exile. All because of words. Thinking you know best. Thinking you know it all. At first, Moses wondered why the Jews deserved their different uh, difficult slavery in Egypt. When he heard that there were talebearers among them, he said that he then understood why they deserved this fate. The slanderers of Dog, King Saul's chief shepherd, and the head of the Sanhedrin caused the massacre of nearly an entire city of the Kohanim. In fact, the armies of King Saul lost their battles with the Philistines as a result of the slander that people spoke against them against then-future King David. They spoke against the future of their future king. I mean, the future king. On the other hand, the armies of the notorious King Ahab were successful in their battles despite the fact that they were idolatrous because they did not have the sin of Lashon Hara. You know, there might be some areas in our life that we're lacking. Of. Why isn't God doing something here? Why isn't God, I've prayed, I've fasted, I can do all this, but do you have a Lashon Hurrah? When a brother is in sin, it says in uh, Leviticus 19.17, this is from the, according to the Talmud, it was the slander of Jews by Jews that actually brought about the destruction of the second temple. I didn't, forgot to give you that one. So they spoke curses on themselves. See, the world could not curse Israel, but Israel can curse themselves. If we are Israel, if we are God's children, whether you're grafted in, you're Israel, you know all that, it doesn't matter. If you're his children, you can curse yourself. So Leviticus 19:17, you are not to hate your brother in your heart. Instead, you are to firmly rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You go to your neighbor. What's the protocol if you have ought or offense? You go to your neighbor. Communication. 
Husband and wives, offenses come because you do not communicate. Someone clams up. Somebody's got to start the conversation. Same thing with a brother. Sometimes, sometimes you know that brother's offended, and you know because the way they're treating you, and they're not coming to you, so what do you, if you're a better communicator, you go, have I offended you? What's wrong? What have I done? I can tell by the way you're acting. Instead, vain imaginations will take off, and you'll go, phew flying in another direction. If any of you have been married for a long time, you know how that happens very easily. And, and a community is like a marriage. Matthew 18, 14 through 16. Even so, it's not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. Now, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault while you're with him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen, take with you one or two more so that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And normally the one or two that you take with you are people of maturity, okay? A rabbi, pastor, leader, someone of mature that you can trust. You do not try to handle things like that on your own. So Lashon Hara in Jewish law, see, we can learn from the Jewish people great things. We can learn great things. I told you that it meant bad talk. This means that it's forbidden to speak negatively about someone else, even if it's true. Remember, the, Jewish, the Jews added to the Torah to protect you from breaking it. So, some, so that, that one right there, I kind of thought, well, that could be a little, you know, um, there's, there's some guidelines and all that. And if you're not quite sure how to handle that, you go to Pastor Nick or someone of, of maturity and you talk to him on how to handle a situation. But in, I'm going to, uh, Jewish law commentary expounded in more detail. I'm going to give you some. It's almost also forbidden to repeat anything. This, this is how the Jews have done this, to protect themselves from speaking about others, okay? It's also forbidden to repeat anything about another, even if it is not a negative thing. I thought, wow. I wonder if it's a good and you want to rejoice, but sometimes that can lead you from speaking something very happy and rejoiceful. It can lead you into maybe coming into a negative realm about somebody. So I can see how that was put there. It is also forbidden to listen to Lashon Hara. One should either reprimand the speaker, or if that is not possible, maybe it's an elder and you don't feel the right to do that, one should remove oneself from that conversation. You don't have to get in an argument. You just kindly walk away and say, Lord, forgive me, and I pray for that person who is talking. Even if one has already heard the Lashon Hara, it is forbidden to believe it. On the contrary, one should always judge one's fellow favorably. Always look for the better, for the good. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. That's a great quote I learned from a childhood. If you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I didn't always do it, but it was, it was great. If one has already heard the Lashon Hara, he's forbidden to believe it. Nevertheless... One may suspect that the Lashon Hara is true and take the necessary precautions to protect oneself. That's if it's a dangerous situation among the community. And um, those things can definitely happen. And you can go to the elders and people in the community to talk to them about it um, too. 
believe me, I've had some stories come to me that were pretty uh, accusive of some brethren in the community, and I had to pray at that time, my husband and I, on how we were going to deal with this. Because how much, how much grace do we give each other here? How much time do we give for you to get things right, you know? Sometimes you don't know. You've got to have the Lord. That's why you have community and you have leadership to protect. Or else we're just out there running loose like a bunch of wild animals. Okay, here's another one. One may not even retell a negative event without using names if the listener might be able to figure out who is being spoken of. Now, I have heard that in churches a lot from the pulpit. And we have to, and if I've said it, I repent of it. But um, I heard a pastor not, uh, not too long ago, I knew the person's situation, and he was speaking of it, and the person was sitting in the congregation, and it was very hurtful to that person because he was uncovering something that they were battling with. Now, maybe he didn't mean to, uh, wasn't per, per, pertaining to that per, person, but it was pretty clear of what he shared was that person. And I picked up on it right away. So we have to be careful what we, stories we tell to try to help, even in the instance of trying to help others. And in certain circumstances, such as to protect someone from harm, it is permissible or even um, to share negative information in certain circumstances, and that's usually very, very rare. As there are many details to this law, one should consult a competent rabbi to learn what may be shared in any particular situation. So why such strict boundaries? You know, the Jewish people, they're so smart. To protect us from sinning and help prevent offenses. But I believe we have even a greater source of help. We have the Holy Spirit. We have grace. And grace will help empower you in times of need. When you cannot seem to, because, you know, a lot of times when you talk about somebody, you're not talking because you love them. You're talking about them because there's something you don't really like about them, and you want to expose them. Very few, few times do we talk about someone because we're concerned and because we love them. So check your motive. Check your motive. Be slow to speak. Don't be so ready to share somebody else's business, and, and especially if they've offended you and hurt you, and you know the protocol. So I want to take this time as we close. Like I said in the beat, a little while ago, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. You'll be, you'll be protecting yourself from that, from that curse coming back on you when you speak against others, okay? We're so diverse. We all come from such, even in Iowa, they're all farmers, but they're so diverse in their beliefs. Oh, my goodness. It's like our, our purpose is, should be to come and love God. You come here to worship him and to love him. But how can you love God, like it said, and turn around and curse your brother? You can't. You can't be, dub you can't be double. You can't be double-minded. So I really believe if we can start really concentrating on loving others, accepting everyone where they're at, we're at such different levels. I've been doing tour for over 20-something years, and those who are coming in the door, I'm like, come on, get with it. <laughs> and I go, no, i got to love them into this. i got to help them. got to be merciful. And sometimes, you know, I want, because of being in it for so long, you want, 
You want more for others than they want for themselves. I know, I tell them at Beit Tehillah and I, I know how you can be blessed. I mean, they, they're being, divorce is rampant, in, and you wouldn't think Cedar Rapids, Iowa, almost everybody that comes in is either going through a divorce or been divorced. That is not the plan of God. That's a curse. Now, can you survive after a divorce? Absolutely. But that is not the plan of God. Your children going out and sowing wild oats, that is not the plan of God. Can they go out and learn and come back? Absolutely. But I want the blessings, and I want the blessings for all of you all here too. So speak life. Do you have that video ready? We're going to speak life. But I want you to know that as I've given this message, if there's somebody in this community you need to talk to, if you need to get right, if you can't get it right on your own and you need to talk to your brother and sister and make it right, I encourage you to make it right. Or get your heart right and say, look, I'm not going to have ought against them. I am not going to hold this because that's unforgiveness. You cannot be healed if you're carrying around unforgiveness. Your body will not be healed. You cannot have uh, freedom in, in, in uh, just the spirit of God. Soundness of mind, I don't know about you, but soundness of mind is important in these days. And if you're carrying around this, this burden of, of holding something, a grudge against a brother and a sister, you're not going to have soundness of mind. You will be tormented. See, sin brings torment. Obedience to God's ways, humbling ourselves to God's ways brings peace, brings freedom. Freedom for what? To love. You can't love if you're over here in torment. You can't really love what God, how God wants you to love if you're burned down with all these thoughts and all these, because it comes from thoughts. And I think I have one more slide. Or did I miss a bunch of scriptures? <laughs> Go into the very last one. This is good to meditate on if you want to write this down, but it says, watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it will become your destiny. Amen. Be blessed, Beit Tehillah. And just continue to, you guys are full of love anyway, but there's always more love to give. There's always more that we can give out. There's, and be aware of the enemy and how he wants to steal that love that's in this community and to be a blessing, to speak life. Speak life over each other. Speak life over your children. Yes, they might, you might, I, I, I hear it, you know. Oh, this one's a hard one. No, they're great, they're good. <laughs> it's easy to do. And I know it, sometimes it seems silly, but it's what we're called to do, speak life. Speak life.